This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk and for episode 11 of the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast. Uh, we are a man down this week, no Owen. Uh, he's at a snooker tournament. I mean, how dare he have a life outside of this podcast? It's just unforgivable. However, I'm very happy to be joined uh, by Dr. Raj. How you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, doing well. Glad to finally be back after a bit of a hiatus here. So how about yourself? Yeah, very good. You've enjoyed a nice, nice trip away. Was it uh, good to refresh and maybe not get your mind off Arsenal because you don't want to get your mind off Arsenal at the moment. But I suppose you did miss the elimination from the Europa League. You dodged that one, I guess. No, I watched it. It was on at 11 p.m., which is it. Just everything was flipped. Instead of being morning games, it was yeah. now late night games. So uh, I definitely watched it. Uh, I didn't. I, I think I met. I think in our group chat, I said, you know, good riddance. It's just it's one of the. It's not a tournament. I you could tell that I mean you could tell they didn't prioritize it really from the mm. rotation, and so it's just one of those tournaments. I, I it's like you want to compete in it, but you don't really care that much to be honest. I mean, yeah, it's like a lot of people were annoyed afterwards, and a lot of people were saying like you know Arsenal need to improve their European pedigree, and this would have been a great chance to do that. But in a season where we are competing for the title. And especially after we won the game against Palace. After, I mean, that Palace game really did make me think, wow, you know, we have now one game a week, bar one week, which is the, play, the game we play against City. Um, but even then, we've got a game on the Friday before that because the irony of all of that is if we'd have gone through that Friday game before City would have been moved to Sunday and then we would have had two days rest and then travelled up to Manchester. So probably just one day's rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually worked out kind of nicely. I'm going to be in Chicago for that weekend of the Southampton game as well. So it would have meant I would have been out there for two games, the Europa League quarters and, and Southampton. But actually, part of me is a little bit... Actually, a lot of me is quite pleased that that is, is going to work out. Look, if we get to the end of the season, we've won the title. I will not care one jot that we didn't win the Europa League. No one will. No one will care. Um, And, I mean, that is a nice segue. By the way, Sophie hopefully will be along uh, in a little bit. uh, Our recording times this evening have have unfortunately overlapped, but hopefully Sophie will be around um, at some point. If not, she sends her best. Um, But, yes, uh, 
how do you feel now about there being 10 games left between this point and a potential title win? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel good about it. It, it makes the planning a lot easier in terms of of fitness, in ter- especially fitness. That was my one concern going to Palace game was the fitness of players with that turnaround after 120 minutes, right? And so, but that, and that would have just been a microcosm of what to expect going forward if the team was still in Europa League, right? And so now you can, ha- it's much more kind of easy to plan and schedule. And if, if guys do pick up knocks, you can, they have a week off potentially between games, right? To, to get back. So there's, there's that, not that undue pressure either. So, I mean, it's always game by game, but I think now it just makes it, you can solely focus on on the Premier League. And I mean, obviously the big thing now for these next, hopefully international break doesn't come with any new surprises, hopefully. So I think if you can get through, get through this March international break, I mean, I mean, we're set up, we're really set up to focus on, on the title and, you know, hopefully get there. I mean, this international break, it never, ever feels like it comes at a good time, you know, especially when you've got the momentum, you've won that last game going into it, which is important. Um, we responded, I think, to the World Cup really well. You know, obviously, we came back with the win against West Ham. We then beat Brighton. And then we went into January, which was a month of the year prior where we didn't win a single game in January. Mm-hmm. And then we were able to continue that that run of form as well. We had our dip. You know, everyone has a dip at some stage. We always said it was coming. Um, and we had that dip against Everton and Brentford and City. There's a frustration that came just ahead of that City game. But it is what it is. And we've managed to maintain the five-point gap that we had when Gabriel Jesus got injured and he's now returned. And we've managed to not only increase that gap to eight, of course, with City still having a game in hand, but with Eddie and Ketty out, Jesus has returned at the perfect time. I mean, talk to me about your view of the striker situation. Jesus coming back, Eddie getting injured. What do you make of the dynamic? Yeah, I mean, I, I really think Eddie getting injured, it, it's, I think there was a little bit of time there where the way Eddie plays and the way he doesn't interchange as effectively like Martinelli's used to really hindered Martinelli. It isolated him a lot more on that left wing and he would get doubled really quickly. He was having to play. It was really limited his game. And so editing the injured, of course you don't want to play to get injured, but then it kind of, it forced Mikel to put Trissard at the nine and go back to that false nine, which Jesus plays, which Martinelli is far more comfortable playing uh, that interchange. Right. And so I think really it was almost, it almost unlocked, the best version of the team without hurting the feelings of Enketia. Cause if you drop him, he wasn't pretty, I mean, he was in pretty good form overall. If you drop him in, in that regard, I mean, I think naturally he'd be quite frustrated, but if it's an, if it's an injury, that's a whole different, you know, type of, you know, feel that comes with that. So I think, you know, Trissard coming in, being able to play the role of Jesus, different type of player, of course, but he, he has much more of that positional awareness going to that left wing, Martinelli interchanging the way that Jesus was playing early on. And I think, one, of course, it, it makes the game easier for Martinelli. We've seen Trossard's impact. But then, thirdly, it doesn't put undue pressure on Jesus to come back and have to be you know, playing 60, 70, 80 minutes at a high quality just for the team to get results. He's able to been, you know, be brought back methodically with bounce games and, and you watch him play. He looks great. I mean, he looks great. I and mean, just the way he's moving, he's so fluid. He adds such a unique, you just, I mean, it's the danger, the threat level when he's on the, on the pitch, 
completely changes the team. So I think they're in a really, really, really good place. I think you're going to see Eddie, you know, going back to being that substitute who adds a different type of playing style. And, but I think that's, that's kind of, I think that's going to be his role from here on forward, whether that's, you know, as a sub or, you know, playing in those rotational games. So, I mean, the depth is there. I mean, Trissard has been, Trissard has been incredible, right? Some people I don't, on Twitter are saying the best January signing of all time. I don't know if that's true or not. I have to go, I have to go through it, but I mean, the impact has been, has been incredible. The production, the assist rate is out of this world right now. So. Yeah, I'm trying to think, you know, you go back who, I mean, Austin Trusty's been amazing. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> genuinely, like obviously Odegaard joined on loan in January. I don't yeah, really count yeah. that as a January signing. Um, just looking back, who else uh, came in January? Abamyang was a January signing. Um, not, not Kallstrom? Kim Kallstrom, oh, a hell of a player. <laughs> Hell of a player. Yeah. Nacho Monreal is a January player. People Ooh. like him a lot. Um, Gabriel Paulista. Was he a January signing? Uh, apparently he was, according to this. I uh, didn't know he? that, but Gabriel Paulista uh, was a January signing. Kim Kallstrom back in 2013-14 now. Nacho Monreal in 2012-13. Uh, Thierry Henry coming back from, uh, oh, from right, New right. York Red Bulls. Um yeah, that was a January deal as well. Um, Aaron Ramsey was Aaron Ramsey coming up here saying Aaron Ramsey. Well, I think that was a loan deal, to be fair. Andre Arshavin, of course. Yep. Um, we've had uh, Antonio Reyes, of course. God rest mm. his soul. Um, and yeah, so uh, Theo Walcott was a January signing. Emmanuel Adebayor was a January signing. Um, it's interesting. That That's uh, 0506. It says that we signed DRB Vela. Adebayor and Walker all in January. I mean, what a busy January window we had during I'm gonna, that season. I rem- remember their impact, immediate impact, though. Mm. I can't, I can't I mean, remember anyone having the, like this this type no. of impact. No. Oh, I tell you what, Emmanuel Abue. There you go. That's a, that's a January signing of a, and a half, that is. There so there you go. Um, yeah, so international breaks hit, Raj, and obviously, yep. as I said before, it comes at... <sighs> moments where you never feel it's a good time really i mean i feel only other clubs get to experience either even if you lose and you're like well i don't really want to go into this losing because then you, you're festering a loss for a couple of weeks but if you go into it on a win you're like well i don't want it to interrupt the, the momentum that could be built but the plus that there is is that william saliba getting mm. injured against sporting the back injury. Now I've seen him twice in the flesh since that walking past us in the mix zone. It's impossible to tell with the back injury, kind of the extent of that. You know, I have people message me saying, "Did he look okay? How was he walking?" I'm like, "He walked fine," but that means nothing, like because right. it's all mean. in the twisting, the extension, and all of that stuff, as you very well know. Um, but is this, do you think, a bit of a benefit of a break considering Saliba's precautionary absence at the moment, as we're told? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here we know obviously he missed the last match, and mm. so there's certainly something there that, that that they were concerned with enough to keep him out of that. And so, I mean, it, it gives him now time to ramp back up. If there, you know, we don't know how serious it is or isn't, uh, but it, at the least, it gives him more time and more treatment time rather than having to worry about games. And so, it, it definitely comes at, at a good time. For him, there's no good time for an injury, but it comes at a, a good time in that regard. So, you know, that's going to be that's going to be key for him. 
Yeah, it's going to be really key for him. I mean, back injuries, we don't know the extent of it. We don't know the details of it, but back injuries for athletes like footballers, what are we kind of, what range are we kind of looking at for these types of things? Yeah, it just, it really is, depends on what's going on, right? Like, you mm. know, is, is, it, is it a muscular spasm? It, what's causing it? What's the root cause? Has he, has he potentially maybe had some of these issues already in training, right? Like, mm. right. It, it could be something where like, he's kind of had a little bit of nagging issue there and now, it popped up in a game. Right. And so it could be one of those things as well. So there's so much variance on it. It could be, you know, people think back, but it could be hip. It could be hip related too, because there's a lot of overlap there as well. So it, it's so hard to say. And, and the club nowadays doesn't really give that much detail anymore. Right. On, on anything. It just says injury. They'll be back when they're back. So. I mean, the detail that we have got, uh, and we're recording this on on Tuesday, but the detail that we did get today was that Tommy Asu has undergone knee surgery of what yep. was said to be a significant knee injury. Um, we don't know if that's ACL, MCL. You know, we have no idea what the specifics of it is. But you know, when you hear the word significant knee injury, your mind immediately goes to to ACL. Um, if theorizing it is a, a rupture of his ACL what kind of timeline could we be looking? Could this affect the start of next season? I'd be shocked if it's ACL, to be honest. Really? Uh, I'm, I'm almost positive it's MCL based on how it happened. Based, I, think I just put out a video mm. earlier today too, but I'm, I'm almost positive it's MCL with how it happened. And I mean, ACL typically would be nine plus months, but then in the, in the release, they did say that they're expecting him. Did they say there's something about preseason? There's yeah. no chance he would be, he would, they would say that if it was an ACL. Why, why is it the difference? Like what? So, Cause this is something I've obviously I've done my ACL personally. Um, I don't think there was any damage to the MCL when I did it, but obviously mm-hmm. we've seen Jesus have a significant knee injury, have surgery, come back in the space of three months. You say that the ACL is a nine month issue. Why, what's the difference between, and why is there such a, a gap between the recovery times for an ACL and an MCL? Well, ACL just stabilizes. It's a much more uh, prominent stabilizer of the knee compared to the MCL. So the MCL, really the major role is to stabilize against your knee going inwards. And if you watch Tomoyasu, what happened when he slipped, that knee drives inwards, which puts a lot of pressure on that MCL. Whereas the ACL is involved really in any twisting of the knee, it's going to stabilize any deceleration, it's going to stabilize as well. And so those are obviously much different demand on the ACL than there is on the MCL. And then secondly, the MCL, every major outside of the MCL, none of the other major knee ligaments really have blood supply to them. And blood supply is what helps heal the ligament. So the MCL has a very robust blood supply. So it heals quite well with or without surgery typically. So, I, I mean, I, it's a joke, but I always say, if you want to injure one major ligament, injure the MCO because it heals quickly and there's really no knock-on effects from it. Even if there's like a full rupture, you can... Re- yeah. Is it, yeah, it's... it's re- yeah, MCL is the one, the one lig- major knee ligament, ACL, PCL, MCL, LCL, of those four, the MCL yeah. is the one that has the blood flow with it, that, that those strands can actually reattach Really so good, good enough to agree and heal together. Yep. Yeah. Cause obviously with the ACL from mine, it was a case of they took out hamstring tendons, reconstituted yeah. those into the ACL. And I'm assuming that's because you don't have that blood supply to the, to the ligament. Exactly. So 
it's 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 minimal blood supply. Everything has blood supply, but it's yeah, not enough to to have it uh, you have it connect strongly. So you have to use like you said your own your own mm. um, hamstring tendon or patellar or quad tendon. You know when when our bodies were designed, they just didn't build ligaments properly. Like <laughs> did that. I don't think it's the design. I think I don't think it's the design. I just think there's a lot of uh, stuff in terms of uh, overuse when it comes to sports that um, tends to lead to some of these issues. So yeah, um, I guess so. Yeah, I guess evolution never really planned to 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 see you know us doing those types of activities and and putting strain in those ways. So yeah, I guess I guess there's an argument. I'm just moaning at the world now yeah. at this point. And you're <laughs> and doing it year round every three days right like it's just not it, yeah yeah it's, it's incredible i mean yeah let's talk about that uh that aspect of year-round football because of course arsenal will be uh traveling to your neck of the woods um in terms of america uh rather than a specific location but uh they were traveling to washington which i say your neck of the woods is completely the other end of the <laughs> your neck of the woods of the u.s of course um yeah. to to face the mls all-stars um now, obviously, the MLS is a league that has continued to grow, develop, improve. I think it's changed and it's evolved from a, a league that used to take on kind of the the uh, the offcuts of European yeah. talents, of course, that were reaching the end of their careers. It still does that in some senses, of course, and we still see some players move over towards the end of their career. Um, but we're also starting to see real talent grow in the MLS and then develop to a point, not in just the MLS as well, but the CSL uh, as mm-hmm. well in Canada, as well as improving um, and Mexican football's always been at a fairly decent level as well. So we're starting to see that migration in the other direction towards Europe. So with Arsenal returning to play the MS All-Stars, who they faced back, I want to say it was in like 20... 20- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 16, was it? Mid-2010s. Yeah, it was mid-2010s would be fair. Much more accurate to say. Um... And obviously, it's come a long way since then. So, am I fair to say that Arsenal will be facing a significantly tougher challenge than they would have back then? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's part of why you might even see. Be, I mean, I think actually the biggest reason why teams are the U.S. is for the let's be honest to, to establish a bigger revenue stream with the fan base. I mean, that, that's oftentimes what dictates. But I then secondly is that you're seeing better competition too in preseason games to help ramp the teams up. I think. I think teams, especially last summer, were quite. I think they were quite happy with some of the competition that they had and some of the facilities that they have access to as well. And so I think I think I so all those things combined, I think you're seeing much more of an integration now between MLS and you know the Premier League in the summertime. You even see, I mean, like Real Madrid will come out here multiple times. They came out to I think LA last was it two years ago, if I remember correctly. So you're seeing. Uh, 
Yeah. I think, yeah, and just in general, you're definitely going to see a much better level of competition. And I think that speaks to your point of what you said about team and player development. You know, we're seeing more and more guys in the MLS who then go to Europe. Uh, the one a player that I, I believe that most people will be expecting, if he's not, of course, left by then, is Thiago Almeida, who is mm-hmm. really kind of um, launching himself onto the scene. He's a 21-year-old Argentinian uh, player, I think. Did he get called up for the Argentinian World Cup squad? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure, actually. I know that there was someone that was a big surprise uh, in terms of getting called up. Uh in November 2022, Almeida was officially called up to the Argentinian World Cup squad to replace the injured Yakin Correa uh, only five days before Argentina's first game of the tournament. And he was a member of the squad that ultimately won the tournament, becoming the first active MLS player to win a World Cup. So there you go. Um, very exciting player. Certainly, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get a move to Europe um, in the summer, almost certain to. Uh, but there's obviously some really interesting players uh, still in uh, playing out there. Uh, Henry Mukta uh, at Nashville is the current top scorer, 23 goals. I know him, of course, from he used to spend a little bit of time at Rebel Salzburg um, when he was mm. over in Europe as well and spent a season there. Uh, other players, Driussi, uh, people will probably uh, remember the name. We were linked to him quite significantly when he was playing at Zenit, I think, in Russia before he's now moved to, to Austin. Um, Gazdag, uh, people might know from Philadelphia, uh, an interesting player as well that has spent time previously in Europe. And uh, we won't be facing Gonzalo Higuain, who announced his retirement um, from from football as well, which is sad. You know, I feel like he was scoring goals. I think he got 16 um, so far uh, this campaign, which is great. And the other player that I wanted to uh, mention is also who I would love to see is Christian Arango, um, who is, uh, as far as I'm aware, a free kick master. Um, mm. For those that don't know uh, who the guy is, make sure you go and check him out because he's uh, certainly a very impressive talent. Um, I say talent. He's, he's, <laughs> he's not a starlet anymore, it's fair to say. But yeah, from set pieces. There is certainly some some real talent there, um, but yeah, you. What do you feel about the relationship between Arsenal and the US? Because this is two seasons in a row, of course, that we're making the the trip over in Orlando and Baltimore, and um, where was the other place that we visited last year? Um, where did we play Chelsea? We played them somewhere else. Um, I know exactly what you're talking. I know I have it in my head. I do not remember exactly. <laughs> it's the third. It was the third city the third that we visited. People who are listening to this are screaming the answer at us. But yeah, talk to me how you feel about Arsenal's relationship with the US now and um, and how often they're visiting and, and how much of influence you think that comes from the ownership of the club as well. I mean, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I think there's always been a relatively large you know fan base here um, of from Arsenal, from what I've seen at least, especially, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've been to major cities too, LA, New York, which kind of lends itself to, to that. But I think it's great. I mean, you have a real thirst here for some of that, and of course, the scarcity always makes you know people thirstier. So when you when you only see a team maybe one time, not everyone has the ability to, to you know to go you know, across across the pond and, and and go watch a game. So I think it really uh, makes that connection realer for fans, and they really value it. I mean, every time I, I just just reading through, to, for example, today's Twitter post from Arsenal on them visiting DC, and you see a lot of the comments right underneath it. And there's like a lot. Every comment is like super excited and positive about their experience last year, about the, you know what they're looking forward to this year. So I think it's great. I think it's great. I think I think part of it is certainly 
you know, the U.S. aspect, but I think in general, you're seeing a lot more Premier League teams and teams in general trying to establish that that U.S. connection. Because I think I, I want to say, you know, I think over here at NBCSN, NBC has done a great job with their coverage with Peacock, and so I think that's really opened up the exposure. Like we actually get to watch the games here, and we don't have to like you know stream them on the black market <laughs> like people in the actual country sometimes which is kind of silly but uh, which has opened up exposure for a lot of for a lot of football here and it's made it a lot easier I mean it used to be really difficult to watch Arsenal games man like really difficult to do so especially in the 90s even in the in the 2000s so it's just becoming more and more accessible obviously and I think that naturally comes with more opportunities for a club like Arsenal to, to connect with their fans, you know, all over the world, including the U S and, and the U S is one of, you know, it, it will spend money on sports that we know. So it's, it's a great place to be, you know, if you're, a, if you're a big club. Yeah. And of course, you know, I'll be traveling out to the U S uh, next month uh, in April to go to visit Chicago and visit Chicago Gooners. And of course, I'm looking forward to seeing so many of the listeners that we have out there that are going to be attending our live podcast and our weekend of events that's going on, including the gala. Um, and of course, as I say, the live podcast as well, but there's lots of events we've got. Uh, I think what's been described to me as a block party, which I had to get, mm. um, definition of because i'd never heard of a block party before uh, of course i know that u.s cities work in blocks and grid systems and uh, that's where it comes you from I you just shut down a street and you party essentially is what a block party is i mean how on earth have we got license to be able to do that it's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous like, that's that's silly isn't it so yeah apparently the apparently we're having a block party which means somehow the arsenal community of chicago has enabled enabled itself to shut down an entire street so apologies for those in chicago that want to get around that day that have no interest in us whatsoever but we're taking over uh which is going to be fantastic so uh I, i'm not sure if there's tickets still available at the moment uh, but go to the chicago gunas website um and go to guna palooza 2023 to find out nice. all the latest information of sophie of course will be there as well as will mike and the guys from the guna uh, from the arsenal vision podcast elliot and paul going to be there too so it's going to be fantastic looking forward to it very very much so uh, the last order of the day to discuss uh that i wanted to talk to you of course is uh, i know we've mentioned like the last 10 games of the season but ultimately i want to end on a real positive being the, the potential of Arsenal winning a title and how how confident you're now feeling, Raj, about this potentially happening with these 10 games left. Man City still very much in the Champions League, still very much in the FA Cup. How are you rating Arsenal's chances now of lifting that that golden trophy? Well, silver trophy. We've got a gold one. It's got gold pieces yeah, on it, yeah. but uh, uh, that big silver trophy. I, I think you're probably asking the wrong person this question. <laughs> I, I honestly haven't even allowed myself to think about it. it it's just like it's i i, I want it i want to but at the same time and i you know i, I am kind of you know secretly confident just because of the focus that the team has shown game in and game out like they haven't shown uh, this like you know this entitlement where they kind of feel like they, they like they expect it and that gives me confidence right but at the same time like 10 still 30 points it's a lot of points left to play you don't know what can happen. You just don't know what, whether it's injuries, whatever it is, right. It's still football at the end of the day. So I, I have a lot of confidence in the team. For me, I really, I really do focus game to game. I really do. Just, just so many variables can change. 
game to game. Like, I mean, I think a big one is going to be like if City does win their next Champions League, you know, two leg tie, their schedule it's really tight going into the final weeks, right? So, but it, what if they lose? And then, then that really takes their focus to now the Premier League, right? It's, it's a massive variable right there that we don't know yet. But I think, you know, having being five points up, let's say City wins their next game, whatever it is, even being, you know, five points clear with Jesus coming back, I think it, ha- it has to give you, a, you know, a lot, of, a lot of confidence seeing how these guys have handled everything from a mental standpoint. That's I found it a little bit funny. People were like, "Oh, Europa League's gonna, you know, make the team, you know, uh, have a mental, uh, mental negative effect." I was like, "They've already proven they bounce back every time. Look how they handled not making Champions League last season." And like Ramsdale had an interview today saying, "Our losing that Champions League is part of what we are today, right?" It's like these guys don't process failure as a negative. Of course, they're hurt by it but they use it positively. I think that's a huge part of this club is the mental resilience. And that, you know, gives me a lot of confidence for the team. Even if they do lose a match or whatever it is, they're going to, they're going to respond in kind, but there's just, there's just too much time left for me to even think about for, I think it's hard to process, you know, a premier league champion. That, that, that just still feels so far away. I don't even know if it happens. I don't even know if it happens. It's something I'll believe until like, you have to like process several it. months later. Yeah. yeah. The parade. You'll finally believe it at the parade. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. Like I, whenever I jump on someone else's show or I do like a new segment somewhere, or I jump onto another, um, clubs channel to, to, to preview something. And I'm asked the question, like, do you think Arsenal would do it? I'm just like, I don't want to really answer your question to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like I just the, the thought of it, still scares me and you know saying that it's going to happen still scares me i jump when i do the arsenal way of umar he's always been like he's been saying since october he's like we're going to do it and i'm like <laughs> i don't know how you can have that level of front and confidence to say it um but it, so far it's going pretty well for him so i've got yeah. to respect it um before we wrap up i want to do a little quick strava uh, update for those of you that are in our strava group you can go to www.strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash e-s-a-r-p uh, this week, Lee Maddox, again, doing fantastically well. Three hours, 49 minutes worth of exercises in seven activities. Brilliant to see. Really? Uh, 58 kilometers. Uh, he's managed there. I'm assuming that's cycling. I hope it's cycling. If it's running, fair play to you, mate, because that's fantastic. Um, Martin as well, doing really well. Martin Lever uh, in the chat there. Uh, I wish I knew how to pronounce this. Do you, do you know, Raj? I, can you help me uh, out? I can't even really know. I... I, uh, I'm going to try and Google Translate now to see if uh, I can get, because I want to give the guy justice and I feel like I'm really bad. Uh, yeah, it is, uh, yeah, Yevgeny Shumilin uh, is how you pronounce it. Oh, I probably know how you pronounce it, but certainly what's coming up in my translation. So Yevgeny, um, smashing it as well, mate. Three hours, 31 minutes, uh, three activities done. Joe Dollar, Simon, uh, Jean-Paul as well, Ross Parker, Steve, Uh, Luke and Nick in our top 10. Fantastic stuff, guys. Make sure you keep it up. And thank you for sharing your activities continuously in our Strava group. Make sure you join up if you haven't done so already. Raj, thank you so much for your time, mate, this week, as always. Much appreciated. Yep, absolutely. Oh, one thing to mention. uh, Did you see the video with Partey pulling up to the international? And they had the the Arsenal fish. Yeah. So it was just interesting because they did that on the last break the last international break with him too. So really, 
Yeah, which is great. I think the hardest, the thing I worry about international break, the, the reason that kind of scares me is that typically there's like that, there's that, that lack of continuity and care. Like you're passing off, let's say I'm the physio, you're the physio for the international team. Like we're going to have different philosophies. I'm trying to give you the information, but there's still like that. There's that lost in translation, not, you know, not uh, literally, but, you know, I've spent the last 15 weeks with the guy. So I have a lot bigger sample size, whereas you may not. So if you're able to now take that physio and just have him with the player, you're not losing that continuity of care anymore. Right. And so I think that's going to be, I think that that's a great development. I think we've seen, I think Man City did it with Holland too earlier this season as well. The guy that took him to Norway and said, now we, we don't need you to play here. So you're injured. <laughs> that guy. Nice. Exactly. 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 And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just seeing, I think that that's going to be a new development you're going to see in, in general, especially with some of these high, highly critical players. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, no, that's a really interesting point, actually. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, because I know it was circulating across social media, and a lot of people were going, "Oh no, is is he in? Like, is there an injury?" That's immediately where people's minds go to, isn't it? You're just like, "Oh no, worst case scenario." But yeah, that makes complete sense. The continuity of having that personnel around you, the club's vision, the club's ideas, the expectations mm-hmm. um, around that is great. Yeah, you wouldn't. Sorry, go on. I was saying, and just you know, the player, the player's going to be more comfortable with the physio that he spent that much time with, right? In terms yeah. of being honest with them, and he knows he can probably like tell if you know if Partey's actually feeling something you know through his ver- you know verbal body not verbal but body language right because you get a feel for when you're working with someone for a long time you have a much better feel for for them so it allows you a much more nuanced uh kind of you know insight into that person versus if a new player person comes in a new a new patient or client whoever it is you don't have that experience with them to make those nuanced judgments yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's a really good revelation actually talking about that. Give me a bit of an idea, maybe for an article tomorrow that I'm going to write now. So much appreciated. Um, explaining why uh, we saw the guy with Partey. Um, thank you, everybody that's tuned in and listened. Do make sure you drop a like on the video. Uh, as again, apologies that no Owen or Sophie this week. Owen, as I say, is at a snooker tournament. Uh, Sophie had a fantastic interview of Ian Stone, which you can check out on the Highbury squad, which is why she's not here uh, tonight. It's overrun, so she's not been able to join us, but uh, we'll hopefully have. The three musketeers joining me again, hopefully next week in full. I feel like we've not been at full strength for ages. It's almost like Eric Ten Hag would uh, be highlighting this podcast as an excuse uh, in some way, shape or form. But no, we'll be back very soon. Uh, You can find Raj on Twitter at 3CB Performance. You can find his YouTube channel as well, where he's done a recent video on Takira Tomiyasu uh, and his injury as well. And why he believes it's maybe not as serious as an ACL injury and why it maybe is more likely an MCL problem. Um, and yeah, we'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. to bring you all the updates around Arsenal and the club. But do, uh, do sorry, drop a like on the video, do subscribe if you're new, and uh, yeah, we'll see you again soon. Have a fantastic day, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.